0: Everybody who was in the know expected it, one way or another, and they expected it soon. The coming of the 2010s, the proliferation of the smartphone put a high-definition camera with a constant connection to the internet in everybody's pocket. So nobody really believed that the veil would stay standing for too much longer. And it didn't. But nobody expected it to drop like this. In March of 2019, the sky fell. It fell in Baltimore. A horde of monsters, equal distributions of nightmares from the land of death and rejects from the land of the fairies, swarmed the streets of the city that reads. Dozens were killed, and that was even before we hit the point of no return. That came. The portal opened up over the city, and the head of a colossal dragon came through. It only had a few moments in our world before a happy accident broke the spell, bringing it through. And the dragon was decapitated, and its head fell into the bay. And of course, while all that was going on, news cameras seeking to get the best angle on this slain titan, captured a fight atop Baltimore's World Trade Center, a figure wreathed in fire, fighting a handful of unknowns. This isn't really about them. This is about you. Where were you when you heard the news?
1: Steiner was probably jumping between the three labs working on a large-scale project when Gregory, the moment it happened, Gregory informed Steiner. And, of course, project was halted because the rest of the day Steiner was making phone calls and trying to pull as much info as he could out of the ether
2: Amelia was in Germany actually partially as a work trip you know that's still a thing that needs to happen but also as a sort of holiday to celebrate having finally gotten everything together to get the witches' coven new bodies again. Just things are slow, and if anything bad really happens, can go back. So I'm taking everybody on vacation, and we are going to Germany to see a big hole in this guy.
3: Grant is in Washington Square Park working his other job. He's um somewhere over by the fountain away from the arch. And he is currently, or he was at the time, uh, working on a piece for someone who paid him, I think by that point it was like $25 for like five minutes worth of work. And then... People started looking at their phones and then against basically everything he taught himself when he saw that so many people were looking at their phones and not at basically anything else, he decided to see what was going on, looked at his phone, and someone was live streaming a dragon coming out of the fucking sky.
0: Okay, so we sort of... We answered my next question,
2: two out of three. How does Amelia find out? You know, it would be totally reasonable for any number of wh- number of ways for her to find out. But I think it just sort of pops up in the SoCal group text that's still going. Just a... somebody. I don't know. Iris, maybe... Magpie goes, Hey, has anyone seen what's going on on TV right now? Or has anyone seen what's going on in Baltimore right now? And that's how... Amelia finds out about it.
0: Well, we know the stage at which Grant found out, but... How late into the event did Steiner and Amelia find out what was happening?
1: I think for Steiner, it was pretty early because again, Gregory, when he's not actively helping me is probably just what any other internet connected person does, just doom scrolling. And not quite as soon as it happened, but pretty close to as soon as it happened. Steiner, Gr- Gregory knew, and then of course Steiner knew, and I think the rest of the afternoon the uh, laboratories, the three connected laboratories, kind of served as a hub for all of uh, the California Ravens, as Gregory's unique abilities made him the best source of information on this, as he could just pull anything he could find and filter anything that was actually true so it was just kind of like uh, ravens popping in and out all throughout the evening trying to figure out what's actually happening what's going on how bad is this just like it was mission control for a while
2: Amelia definitely didn't find out immediately you know she's on vacation she ignores her phone but when a bunch of other people are looking on their phones and you hear a bunch of people sounding worried in german that's probably about the time when you uh, think "Hmm, what the hell is going on
0: what's the first thing you do as soon as you get the news we already know what steiner's doing he's running mission control how about the other two
3: The first thing Grant does is ask if Amalia is all right and safe. And when, when he gets an answer that like, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm fine. He immediately goes into a sort of defensive mode because what if what is happening in Baltimore starts happening here? And when it inevitably doesn't, he just goes home. He doesn't even, like, people can steal all the art if they want. Like, he just goes home. He leaves everything there. And he just needs to make sure that his family is safe. He needs to make sure that his son and his wife are safe.
2: I feel like for Amelia, it's pretty—it's a pretty similar situation. There's sort of this like moment of anxiety where it's like, is this just a Baltimore thing? Is this going to happen in other places? Where am I going to need to be? And it's—it's it's not as if, you know, it, this is a thing that she brought everyone on, except for like, you know probably Emery and Magpie had to stay home actually to do work. (laughs) But, you know, the whole witch's coven came along, I want to say. And it's not as if she needs to be there to watch over them. They can take care of themselves. But, uh... There's definitely this anxiety of should I... uh, should she be you know in New York checking on her folks. Should she be here? Keeping an eye out? Should she be back in SoCal? And eventually, I think especially after Steiner gets sort of a mission control set up, Amelia offers because, you know, she can just be in New York and she's probably been to least close to baltimore before she can get to baltimore the fastest out of anyone else there she can run fast she can teleport all those things
3: yeah baltimore is like a three-ish hour car ride from uh new york city
2: yeah i looked it up because i wasn't sure you're correct three hours and nine minutes according to google so, like, once everything's settled, she's definitely just in Baltimore doing whatever she's can. Whatever she can.
3: A lot of people are gonna need doctors,
2: especially if you're a doctor who can, you know, teleport people.
0: Yeah. Speaking of the sort of resolution of the incident. As the events start to wind down, and the horde is beaten back and obliterated, what does everybody do first as things start to get a little bit
3: quiet? I ask Way, because even though I'm only in a consultant position at the moment, there's no way... Way is just going to let me get away with that as an excuse. So, Grant asks Way, uh, so what happens now? I feel like Way would be the kind of, uh, person who does a, uh, we're going to wait and see approach, especially since, um, he was not in Baltimore with the rest of, like, the Raven leaders, uh, and, needs to see like who's going to take charge and that isn't immediately apparent until uh, um at least to the people who are not in Baltimore that's not readily apparent until a couple of weeks later that uh Sylvester Seymour is now de facto leader of the Ravens since uh Poe is gone
2: we'll be getting to that. There's not even a a quiet moment for Amelia. Like, even once there's no fighting for your life, there's still injured people. There's still... You know, the people who were too injured to move, there's now time to move them. There are missing people. There are bodies that need to be identified. So it's not for most of the day until she has a quiet moment to do anything. And even then, it's mostly just, I'm still alive. Everything is going okay. Are you okay? To everybody she knows.
1: Alright, so here are the definitive facts. These are been strictly verified to be 100% accurate. One, Poe is gone. We know this by now. Two, this is almost certainly a one-off incident. This was a singular actor working in order to bring about um, a revenge, so to speak. They've been neutralized for the time being, we don't have to worry about repeat incidents popping up around. We're not exactly sure who took out the dragon, but if we're damn lucky they did. That would have been just a nightmare on every level. Ah. There's no resealing the cork on this one. Everyone saw that. The entire world knows now. So. That's the Veil gone. We don't have an official body count yet. Um, we know it was one of our teams. We can confirm that. That took out the uh, rogue agents, shall we say. For we, we have... We can't confirm the identity of the person in question. But... We have very strong evidence that this was a one Mr. Morgan Reynolds acting again as in in an act of revenge against one Mr. Uh, Edgar Allan Poe. So uh, good news bad news is well everyone knows now but for the moment uh, things should be calm. There are reports popping uh, all over the internet of sightings of Fey and Deadlands creatures, but 99% of these are just a rat in an alley or something. There are, of course, a few genuine ones, so we need to... Well, there's no part of my way of saying this. We need to prepare for the worst. We all know what people are like. We need to get ahead of this or they going to be there's going to be even more body count so which brings me to my next point we need to workshop solutions so with steiner's information network
0: you all had advanced warning of it but it's only in advance of a couple of days until it is confirmed that Edgar Allan Poe no longer exists in the world of the living. And with that, all of the contracts that centered around him have dissolved. The fey courts no longer have obligations to the Crimson Ravens. Now they only have to hold to what they agreed to with King Arthur, but more importantly for all of you, the Ravens' coffers very much are not bottomless anymore. You all maybe have a year of operation before the whole thing just goes bankrupt. And Emery makes that clear to the two of you and Way makes that clear to the one of you. How do you react to this news?
3: Grant starts looking into other revenues of getting money because living in New York is expensive and uh, while... Amalia has a good enough of a job to, uh, to help with that. Like, she is definitely not the sole breadwinner. Um, and Grant's art is for sure not enough to, uh, to keep the style in which they are accustomed to living going. And over that year, while he gets whatever jobs that he can, he becomes a licensed private investigator.
2: Amelia has never really been a big spender in the first place. Her one uh, hobby was musical instruments, and that was a a once-in-a-while thing in the first place. So In the interim years between now and when we last left her, she's basically been scrimping and saving just to make sure college bills are covered. And I don't know if, you know, I don't know how well the ravens pay. It's always been kind of nebulous. A lot. A lot. But she's probably good until... She's out of college, at the very least. Because paying for college is very expensive, even when you get paid very well. After that, well, there's probably going to be a lot of work for... a doctor with... let's say magic and alchemical knowledge. So, who knows what's going on. What'll happen then?
1: Say it's been about a week since the incident. And um, Steiner has given Ashley Arias a call. So, first and foremost, the first thing Steiner does is offer his condolences over her father. He was not, um, the easiest man to get along with, I know, but he had a strong sense of justice and genuinely believed in protecting the people. The world is diminished for his loss. And, I mean, there's just a lot of talking about what's going on, what's happening, what's gonna go in the future, but while that happens, they did have, uh, previously established kind of little deal basically what's going to happen is um while the whole situation with the dhea and the ravens is getting sorted out there needs to be a short-term solution and steiner and arius were already working on something that could fill that gap so steiner and um Ashley Arias go forward with kind of protective devices for the public.
0: Speaking of the DHA, you kind of hinted at it there. Before the year till bankruptcy is up, word comes that a merger is going to happen. The Ravens are going to undergo a minor rebranding and they're going to be integrated into a newly formatted DHEA. It'll be split into two teams. One, a more Ravens-like one, focusing on investigation and hunting, and the other, something more of a magical SWAT team to storm in and respond to emergency situations but it is all coming under the jurisdiction of the United States federal government. How do the three of you react to this news?
3: Grant wasn't exactly thrilled to hear that the Ravens are basically officially becoming weird cops and so he went from a role where he would occasionally do hunts in California and still do consultant work in New York City to formally leaving the private investigation work is paying well. He's solving cases. He's getting paid a fair amount, and so he does the numbers, and he concludes that he doesn't want to be a cop, so he is financially fine to leave, and so he does. He keeps his friendships with the ravens that he's Uh, made friends with, especially over in the uh, California region, but officially he's no longer taking any money from the Ravens.
1: What about Ashley? Is Ashley still with the DHEA, or how has that worked out?
0: Yes, she stays on. She continues being a DHEA headliner. So she technically belongs to both and neither sub-department, she gets bounced around the entire United States to basically do what she's always done, which is fix up DHEA units that are
1: falling behind. Okay, so here's what I envision for Steiner. The DHEA has been trying to reverse engineer or just outright steal a lot of his tech since he started, you know, developing tech for the Greater California Ravens.
3: hmm That's specifically what uh Project Hawthorne is.
1: So Steiner is kind of brought in to flight. He's not thrilled about it but he was on better terms with the DHEA than I think most of the Ravens were. So, once he gets in there and starts, you know, meeting and talking to people, he's starting to settle into his role as basically Techno-Magic Q, I guess? <laughs> I don't know. Or we could go a different direction than just full private sector.
0: It's your character. Make declarative statements. What do you want for Steiner?
1: Here's what I'm going to do Steiner trusts Emery's conscience more than he trusts his own, I think, at this point. So, what Emery ends up doing, he will follow. Hmm. Emery stays on. Okay, then Steiner stays on and is basically, as I said, the Techno Magic Q.
2: Please try to bring the car back in one piece this time, Mr. Harrison. (laughs) I don't work for you anymore.
1: Remember, please do not use the invisibility feature to get through red lights. We have filled out so many insurance claims from that.
2: In a rare moment where they both agree, Amelia actually also chooses to permanently uh, resign from the Ravens. Not necessarily as a I-hate-the-cops kind of thing, although, yes. But more as a I-have-been-looking-for-an-excuse to to remove one of my responsibilities from my life. And, you know, the Ravens suddenly uh, having the resources of the United States government is, you know, a pretty good time, a good, pretty good reason to go, you know what, you probably don't need my help anymore.
1: Oh, I just thought of something. Another reason why Steiner does uh, stay with the newly formed DHA Ravens All of the Professor Gear stuff gets wiped off the books. There
3: we go. Bose would 100% cut you a deal and be like, yeah, we'll wipe that off the record if you just join up.
2: Professor who? Never heard of that
1: guy. I don't know what the statute of limitations for stuff like that is, but it's probably longer than 30 years.
3: Doesn't matter anymore. Doesn't exist.
2: Don't believe that there's a statute of limitations on felonies. Um, Fair. <laughs> Amelia leaves and just uses the extra time in her life to focus more on, you know, work goals. She definitely would like use the extra time to you know, volunteer as a, uh, what's the word? You know, on an ambulance. Paramedic? Paramedic, yes. You know, very, very hush-hush, wink-wink, but, you know, maybe having something that can just cure somebody with a touch, which you definitely shouldn't do, and is totally against the law. But, uh, you know, it's... What nobody learns about can't hurt them. Speaking of
0: magic and against the law... (laughs) With the merger comes... Something else. Something that... Grant and Ashley spent a good amount of time bickering about. But now the issue has been forced without either of their inputs, a registry is formed and federally mandated. If you are of fey descent, if you can cast any kind of magic, you are legally required by the United States Federal Government to enter your name, your contact information and a rough overview of your capabilities into a digital record that can be referenced at any time by the DHEA for investigative purposes. Do any of you register?
3: Grant? does not he um has a wait and see approach on the whole thing and he decides that if you know it's not going to be abused by special weapons and reactive magic um which is the SWAT version of the uh of the DHEA now that um that he would register but he Hears too many horror stories, both outside of New York City and sees in person, too many horror stories inside New York City to believe that it's not being used for the exact thing that he was afraid of. So he does not register. And the thing is, he's not registering because... He wants to keep his family safe. It was if it was just him, if it wasn't like also Amalia and uh, his son, then whatever, he wouldn't care. But he has other people he has to be concerned about. And uh, he is not registering mostly for their safety.
1: I feel like uh, Steiner being part of the government agency is well, just automatically registered?
0: Yeah. Yes. However, your son is quite powerful. And could but deregister you if you ever asked for it.
1: I feel like that's gonna like raise questions like, uh hey, Edwin. Noticed you aren't in the registry anymore. What's up with that?
0: Well, he might not remove it. He could alter it if you asked.
1: I feel like because of the position I'm in in this agency, my capabilities are going to be pretty well known. Okay. Do you
0: list it all out, including the the sword and the crown, which does stay, and the true speech? the little bit? Oh, no,
1: they need? asked for. Uh... Well, you know, that's a fair point, but that raises big questions, actually, because how do the Blind Errors uh, responsibilities play out in a world which knows about all of this shit now?
0: They don't change at all. Like I said, it takes a number of years for the Prophecy Engine to properly reformat, but really the only thing that changes is that the angels no longer need to possess people to get around since magical creatures can just be out and about.
1: So you're saying he's working directly
0: with the agency then no Elysium stays is entirely independent. Not sure will work with DHEA agents if it's useful if they you know once the engine gets up and going if they deem that... Working with the DHA will lead to the best outcome. They'll do it then, but that's not a uh, that's not a dedicated.
1: Thing. Well, I mean, like if the angels don't have to hide, you said that's, so don't have to. If they're not working in secret, are they just like popping up and saying, "Hey, here's some shit about to go down"?
0: Yeah, basically.
1: So they they do that openly. Do they? Who do they contact? Me or the agency?
0: whoever would be best suited to solve the problem that notcher has discovered
1: so like notcher's not working directly with the agency but they are willing to just like pass them a note
0: yeah basically if it seems like dha involvement would be useful necessary to achieving what they have deemed to be the best outcome. They will send an angel to a relevant agent and say, Hey, this is going to happen.
1: Respond this way. So basically the agency is aware of Nacho's existence then, or at least partially aware. Aware that
0: these strange creatures show up and tell them things that turn out to be true and things tend to work out for the best if they follow their advice. All right. Notcher doesn't ever, like, make a public appearance and say, Elysium exists, and here's our deal. That never
3: happens. Okay. It's also a lot less annoying than when the the, uh, the one
1: agent from West Virginia does it. (laughs) All right. So since Notcher has not made their existence and the existence of Elysium publicly known to basically, I think the only people who know at this point are most of the California Ravens. Ashley Arias knows in some capacity of, like, all of that.
0: To whatever extent Amelia told her about it during the, the 2012 Halloween event.
1: Well... That if they were, they would also have the memories of like Steiner doing some weird shit during that fight. Yeah. So like they know, Ashley knows a little bit. Ashley yeah, knows a little bit. The Fey Courts know, or the Fey Royals know. So basically, everyone who knows will keep their fucking mouth shut. Presumably. So. I will also not disclose that then, because if Notcher has not. If Notcher doesn't want to go public, then I'm not going to go public for them.
2: Okay.
0: And we got onto that subject by asking if you have your registry altered to hide, like, your sword or the crown or the true speech that you can do.
1: I have a very sharp sword. I probably never bring up the crown or use the crown unless it's an absolute emergency. You know? Like that's Mm -hmm. something I can keep on the down low and do. So I don't just, I just like don't list it as a thing I can do. Okay. And I don't seem to age because I'm a mad scientist and I did some weird shit. (laughs) Probably don't have a soul anymore, but whatever. Fair, fair.
2: Amelia puts her name on the list, and it is a accurate enough list of what she is capable of. But uh disclosing her actual like home address is kind of a complicated situation because mm-hmm. even though the DHEA, or at least the head of the DHEA in California, knows where she lives. There's definitely a false address on there. You know, here is a place where I get my mail and nominally I live, but I don't live there address. It's like, the DHJ know where I live. I don't want anybody else to know where I live, but it is very much like a matter of public. It is very much like not a secret. And on the list that Roxanne, not Roxanne, Amelia Harrison is an extremely dangerous individual. <laughs> got it. it is a I am not afraid of what will happen because of this and I would welcome someone to try and abuse the system because I will make them regret
0: so then one last question we've sort of answered this we've been answering this sort of but as the years tick over we get to 2020, 21, 2, 3, 4, 5. Where does everybody's lives go? What becomes of all of you?
3: Well, Grant takes on a second apprentice eventually. Um, she approached him, and he basically didn't want to take her, but agreed to take her, and after that, he's just doing what he does best. Staying in New York City, um, he keeps up with his private investigation work, and he basically tries to start some grassroot movements to improve the registration and how it can be accessed and how it can be uh abused not that it would go too far he doesn't exactly have those sorts of contacts but uh he definitely tries to bring up awareness that there is a problem in the current system which facilitates abuse and that it needs to be fixed. And when it is fixed and everything is hunky dory, he will 100% register, but until then, he's just a proponent of this kind of isn't great for people who are on this list. It needs to change.
2: Because it takes a long fucking time Amelia, still not a full-fledged doctor. Uh, But she is doing a residency, I'm pretty sure by that point.
3: I think so, yeah, you should be.
2: Uh, A residency in a uh, growing specialty of magical illnesses and maladies? I don't know what you would call it. I don't know what the official name for a field like that would be. It would be some sort of ology.
3: It would. Hold on. I need to look up the Latin word for magic.
2: Pretty sure it's like magic or ether or something.
3: Um, magice. k. So probably just magiology. That sounds stupid. Yeah. It does yeah. sound stupid. You're stupid. It does Colin. sound stupid. It does sound stupid, but that's probably what it would be called.
0: Uh magicology.
2: To be like oncology, magicology. Honestly, that sounds less stupid.
3: That does sound less stupid, and I agree with it. And I agree with this changing of it.
2: Yeah, she's actually like studying in a hospital where a pr- prominent, unnamed doctor who just happened to already be magically inclined is already working. Which would probably be a problem considering she lives on a mountain. In the middle of nowhere.
1: On a mountain, raised in a cave.
2: Except she can teleport, so it's not a huge deal. Commute Mm -hmm. times are never a big deal. For Amelia Harrison. Commute times are zero for Amelia Harrison. And... By that point, the hmm, I I would I would say that the will they won't they whatever the hell is going on between Amelia and Gwendolyn is a they did they are dating kind of thing. Yay! It's very awkward for a very long time. Uh, and as far as the uh holes in the sky in other countries that lead to the Deadlands. That is on a semi-permanent hiatus, only because, uh, things become a lot trickier when the governments of other countries know magic exists, openly. And you are a powerful spellcaster coming into Germany or Russia spending time around a large hole that leads to the deadlands. So that has to wait a while.
3: I'm sure Vladimir Putin would just let you poke around in a big old hole in his
1: country. Vladimir Putin got eaten by a Bigfoot.
2: Well for the record, <laughs> actually when I say Russia, I actually mean Ukraine, because if it's if it's in uh Chernobyl, that's that's in Ukraine. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, so resident dating. Life is going pretty good. Keeps a very large, deadly predator. uh, Two very large, deadly predators as pets. As you do. Normal shit. As you do. Yeah. Normal shit for a a woman in her 30s. Absolutely. That's what I do.
1: I think that Steiner uh Aside from, uh, having the professor job, because he's now a government-contracted employee and has a government paycheck, mostly just goes about his life kind of doing what he was doing with the Ravens for a few years before, you know, that got flushed and the whole thing changed to the DHEA, so... same shit, different boss, I guess. Uh, The biggest thing that happens in Steiner's life is, I think, around 2023, when um, basically all the, like, holy shit, there's, like, magic is real, fairies are real, like, all that finally had started to settle down and give you more accepted. Like, all of the Professor Gear stuff finally got out, and there was, like, a minor controversy over the government employing this former super villain, basically. And Steiner was a minor celebrity for like a month before everyone kind of moved on to some new thing to stare at.
3: Check out this weird dog. Steiner's life got immensely easier.
2: Oh, wait. <laughs> there's been a real problem with people in- illegally importing uh, adopting blink dogs from the Feywilds.
1: <laughs> They're horrible.
2: Oh, they're incredibly cute and adorable, but also like even worse than regular dogs, and nobody knows oh, how man. to tra- probably train or take care of them.
1: That's like a whole thing: invasive species from the Feywilds getting here, and vice versa. <laughs> like oh no, a
3: moth. I didn't even think of that. Oh my god!
1: <laughs> like. We think, uh, like, oh no, the Feywilds creatures are going to fuck up our ecosystem, and then Kudzu gets over there, and that's, like, a huge goddamn problem for the <laughs> Feywilds. It almost starts another war. <laughs> Most of their shit actually doesn't do too well over here. because
0: of how mana-deficient the planet is.
1: Yeah. Kudzu doesn't give a shit, though. Kudzu does not give a shit.
2: There are startling discoveries about me things that we thought were just native to Earth that were already just native to the the Feywilds. Yeah, you know, Quantipus? Not a native Earth species. (laughs) Basically, Australia,
3: just in general. You just point to Australia and be like, this is shit that came from the Feywilds. Apparently that just happened.
2: No, ironically, everything in Australia is extremely Earth-based. Australia (laughs) is one of the least magical places in the world. No, I'm kidding. (laughs)
1: The entire world votes, and David Attenborough is made immortal so he can do documentaries about Fey- the Feywilds for the for like the rest of eternity. <laughs> Get someone who knows how to t-
3: turn him into a lich, just so that he can do documentaries forever.
2: <laughs> it, weirdly enough, it takes like six years for necromancy to officially become illegal. <laughs>
3: It's because necromancers keep going. No, no, no. There's benefit. There's like beneficial necromancy, and everybody's just like, okay, name three. And it took them six years to think of three, and then at that point they are like, yeah, okay, you're done.
1: I want to know how the laws against necrophilia apply to someone dating an undead. No, no, no. no you're done. <laughs> okay, but actually,
0: about Steiner's life, aside from becoming a minor celebrity for
2: a hot minute. <laughs> Necrophilia.
1: <laughs> I mean, as you know, like the paranormal stuff, the Wild stuff all gets more accepted. I guess at some point, Gregory becomes a public known. Like, hey, there's actual AI. We've an, a, a completely new form of intelligence has been created. Uh, and there's an ensuing, like, legal issues with what legal status does Gregory have? Is Gregory considered a person? And that goes on for, like, a year before its rule that basically, yeah, Gregory basically defends himself in court and says, I'm pretty clearly a thinking, functioning, feeling being. Just because I live on Silicon doesn't make me any less of... A person, and it's it, it it captures the heart of America, as corny as that is. That's basically what happens.
0: It's a long, obnoxious court battle until Gregory gets it into his head to reenact that one
3: episode of Star Trek. I was just about to say some uh, <laughs> a measure of a man.
1: Yeah, some insufferable nerds are going like,
2: "Hey, this is like an episode of Star Trek."
1: Well, congratulations, Cat. You're an insufferable nerd, according to Colin. (laughs)
0: Great.
3: Thanks. Thanks, Colin.
0: Hey,
1: Colin, guess what? You're welcome. What? Grant dies in an incredibly embarrassing way. (laughs) Okay, that was always going to be true. Like Elvis on the toilet levels of embarrassing.
3: (laughs) Again, you're not saying anything that wasn't already true.
2: (sighs) You know, it was bound to happen when he decided to fight the ass and head beasts. The head and
3: ass beast, I mean. i okay. kept calling it a group.
1: The Aura
0: riser Is there anything else before I,
1: like,
2: bring this stage of this session to a close?
1: No, please oh, stop course. us. Please save us from ourselves. No, Zoules.
2: hold on. One last thing. Mm-hmm. Amelia 100... This is the most minor thing, but Amelia 100% has, like an incredibly huge social media presence somehow mm. just oh here i am w- with my with my hashtag WitchWife <laughs> living my cottagecore lifestyle also i'm a doctor absolute sapphic icon <laughs> look some good things have to happen
3: for some reason seymour follows you and he's like and uh, at some point he re- he replies to you, he's like, yeah, I have a witch wife too. You're not that special. No, he wouldn't do that. He fucking hates technology. He, he wouldn't do that because Dora
0: would find out and then Dora would tell Margaret and Margaret <laughs> would tell Gwendolyn and then it would become a whole thing. <laughs> I could ask you a million more questions. We could be here for six more hours while we ring out every last detail of your lives until the moment you die. But that's not where we're at. That's not what we're here to do. This is where the story ends. We're done. What happens to these three and the people surrounding them for the rest of their lives is not something we're going to watch. Instead, it just happens as it happens. And that is the end of the SoCal sessions.
1: Until one of them appears in the city that bleeds. Hmm. Oh, please. All three of them are going to appear in the city that
3: bleeds, uh, permission permitting.
2: Grant is dead.
3: (laughs) We said this already. He died in an incredibly embarrassing way.
2: Christ. This has been almost three years.
0: Yeah. Not too far.
2: Almost, but yeah.
0: Yeah. To explicitly date This podcast. Session zero was July 4th, 2019. Today is April 6th,
2: 2022. Not to explicitly date the podcast, but here are the explicit dates. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Not to explicitly date the podcast, but what are you doing Friday? (laughs) Very nearly three
0: years. Depending on how you count things, about 115-116 sessions, given that each of them are like two hours long, minimum, two and a half, probably actually averages out to like three and a quarter.
1: Yeah, something like that. How many days of our lives have we spent recording this? That's 377 hours. Divide that by 24. 15.7 no. days. Wow. All right, so we can be way more efficient, is what you're saying.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, when do we get to do SoCal New Game Plus? Never. We already did that. (laughs) (laughs) That's true, we did, we did, didn't we?
0: (laughs) Real talk though. I love I loved this. I loved these characters. I loved this setting. But I'm done. I'm done with this story. I I loved this story. This was great. In my heart I have put it to bed. There will be no more telling of this story from me.
1: Yeah, I had a real good time with all of this nonsense, but I am more than willing to close the book on this and just walk away from this universe for a while.
3: I love this universe. I 100% understand needing a break from this universe. I'm ready to tell at least one or two more stories in it aside from The City That Bleeds. Like, but I can understand not wanting to touch those for a while. Not for a while.
2: I am, (laughs) this is gonna sound weird, but I'm really happy that this has finally ended. Not because I am sick of it, but because like, it's just, this has been so much. And I'm glad that we could like end it satisfactorily. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. Glad this, this that is... this is a discreet thing now, rather than an ongoing part of our lives. I okay. guess. Yeah. Almost three years I've spent with you all, pretending to be weirdos on the internet instead of you know being like real weirdos on the internet. So
1: for three years I have given to you my Wednesday evenings. Now they are mine again.
2: At least for, for a little while. Uh, and I'm now going to do the most important thing anyone in this podcast has done. Mm-hmm. I'm going to post something on the campaign forum.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so, guys.
1: Was it everything you wanted?
3: No, it was way more.
1: I wanted Siner to have a jetpack. and it's we we do have a time machine
2: but whenever
1: Steiner wasn't in the room everyone should be saying where's Steiner
2: you know this is like the first major campaign I've ever played in that lasted more than like a week Mm -hmm. so like I have some things I wish I'd done differently or better but This is every, this is almost everything I wanted and a lot of things I didn't know I wanted. So, it's great.
0: Are your characters now who you thought they'd be at the start?
2: God, no. No.
1: Less evil, but more or less, yeah, actually. Well, aside from the whole chosen one thing, didn't want, didn't see that one.
2: I can't believe a fucking offhand thing I did in session zero affected the campaign that much.
3: God, imagine how different this would have been if I had, uh, if I had asked you if you were interested in playing someone related to my character, and you had said no.
2: God, that would have been weird.
3: <laughs> because the the idea was like I had a cousin or something.
0: God, imagine how different this campaign would have been if Chloe had picked a different starting class.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah, because, like, I invented Elysium just for that. Yeah. Speaking of, Chloe. Yes? Uh, did Roxanne become Amelia. someone you... ex Amelia. Did Amelia become somebody you
2: expected. I mean, I don't think I really expected in the end for her to become this like cottagecore hermit doctor thing. I I don't even know if this will end up, if that was gonna this is going to end up in the episode, but I wasn't even like planning the whole oh, this is cottagecore as fuck bit until it happened. (laughs) Like, after I did it, I was like, oh, shit, no, I'm a cottagecore lesbian. What have I done?
1: (laughs) I went into this with one expectation, one thought. I'm going to make a weird mad scientist, and he's going to do weird mad science shit. And ended up more on the heroic side than I expected. I was originally planning for Steiner to be way more amoral. But aside from that and the whole Chosen One thing, yeah, this is basically what I wanted. Steiner got exactly where I wanted him to be. You know what happened with Steiner that
3: caused him to not be as amoral as you were expecting? You got a son. Chill the fuck out after you got a son.
1: Yeah. I. Yeah, that's true, isn't it?
2: You met Grant and you're like, well, <laughs> I've got to be better at the guy than this dude.
3: <laughs> here's a guy who doesn't have his life together.
2: What's
1: that voice?
3: What's I that? I, I wasn't even trying for for Steiner, just so you know. You were, uh,
1: like, you were like an old, you were like a parody of a gangster in a cartoon, like, like a Bugs Bunny parody gangster. Ah, yeah, here's she, a guy who
2: doesn't have his life together. She, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we did that in the owl game. <laughs> so before before I
0: stop the recording, because when I stop this recording, I'm done. I will I'm not gonna make up anything more about this setting unless Colin specifically asks me to fill in blanks for the city that bleeds. I'm just, I'm done being the captain of this setting and the one who tells this story. So before I stop talking about this, is there anything any of you want to ask me? Any blanks you want me to fill in? Any what ifs you want me to pontificate on?
3: What was up with the dude in the pit?
0: (laughs) (laughs) The dude in the pit was Anos. Hey, I guessed right. So, yeah. in the session where you all left the primordial wilds, there were those two god Fay the same kind as Adel, that showed up Anos and Orphidae. Orphidae was this kind of like smug, superior son of a bitch who basically considered themselves superior to everybody except Adel and was willing to uh, slum it with all these low lives in exchange for having Adel protect them from all the shit that existed in the world that they couldn't handle. Th- that much was obvious you all didn't stick around and you didn't honestly even try, which I don't blame you for, they were both kind of standoffish, but Anos, if you had gotten to know them in the time that you had, was a much chiller person. The reason why they were so standoffish was because they had trouble keeping their true form contained. That's why there were, like, arms made of light just kind of spilling out of their body, and their eyes were always shut, and their brow was always knit. It was because they were just 24 7 concentrating on not exploding into their true form all over everybody. Oh, yeah, no, I I gathered that bit, actually. Yeah. Um, Now, when Adel told Grant that his attitudes were the kinds of attitudes that almost killed Dora, that was Orphidae. Dora got. By their estimate, a little too mouthy one day, and Orphidae just tried to snuff them. Just, I'm done with you, you don't get to talk to me like that. And... Adel stopped it from happening. It was a very hard season after that, because even though Orphidae was markedly weaker than Adel, they still were in recovery, so it was a tough fight. And that made the recovery time longer, and the fight, the fighting in the season after that, harder because they were just like an extra bit exhausted. But Anos was basically chill the entire time because they were trying not to explode, basically the entire time. And by the time Adel was done, Anos still didn't have it down. So when Adel made the courts and made the center. Uh, the initial construction, the initial reason for the pit was just, Alright, Anos, go sit in this hole. There will be wards on it such that if you do explode, it won't hurt anybody. And when I get back from this thing I have to go do, I will help you figure out how to contain yourself. And of course, Adel never came back. And when eventually they did, they were too weak to help anybody with anything. So, Anos, by the time the campaign ends, is still down there, trying their that best. That sucks.
1: Damn. All right, Colin? Hmm. You gotta fix them. That's your job okay. now. Okay. Because, damn, that sucks for them. That's a raw ass deal. That is a very raw deal. I have a question. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: What was up with, uh, Maze's eye?
0: Oh, um, I mean, that was just sort of a a, a kind of flavorful signifier of the curse's presence. They were dialed into humanity's actions the whole time, basically, since the moment they came into existence. But humanity didn't exist. And then the moment they did, the curse like actually activated. And because there's like a psychic element to it, and the eyes are the windows to the soul, which is also kind of the mind, uh, the presence of the cursed changed one of their eye colors. And then when it, like, properly activated and the visions happened, it was, like, fully exerting itself on Maze's existence. And so the other eye changed color to match.
2: Okay. So, like, was the curse just a thing? Random happenstance then? Yeah, just a, a
0: random awful thing that happened to this one person. Bummer. That's his life. People are sometimes just born with prophetic abilities. It it just happens sometimes. And sometimes the specific prophecy variants they get fucking suck shit.
3: Yep.
0: You are going to see everything forever. In the case of some twitchy little weirdo but was born in the fall court, it's a weird jumble of visual metaphors and for Mesa, it's just awful shit some other species in another universe is doing to itself all the time
1: uh okay I have one question well I have s- several questions wrapped in one question mm-hmm. so the whole chosen one thing when that was decided on was there ever like um like a, i'm going to flip a coin and it's either grant or steiner or was it just like okay it definitely can't be grant <laughs> i think
2: during
0: <laughs> session 0 it was chloe saying she is like it's steiner like she yes. her
2: mission's concern steiner Oh, yeah, I remember that. Okay. Yes, that was one of the question. It was like one of the, uh, you know, the little things they put in Powered by the Apocalypse game character sheets to like make sure all these characters fit together nicely. Yeah. Kind of thing. And one of, I picked two of them. One of them was, one of them was that Steiner was important. I never said how much or like how important just that he was and the other one was that grant was not supposed to be there
1: Okay, yeah, well that doesn't like make steiner the chosen one but yeah it's well, it kind of evolved from that it was
0: from the beginning it was declared that this divine organization that i hadn't completely fleshed out in my head at the start of the campaign but like I knew from the start it existed and it declared it it had decided that Steiner was important to the degree that it had like a 24-7 in the field agent to monitor his situation and get him places. And then as I built up like what what is Elysium, what does it do? How does it function? What is its purpose? Uh, like okay so for Steiner to require such an escort he has to have a place of prominence in their plans and that's where the chosen one thing wound up coming from
2: uh, it also didn't help that one of the like play sheet uh, one of the like uh, playbooks is literally just you are the chosen one <laughs> right yeah it's hard not to just see that every time.
3: Well it's the first class. Like when you open up the, the thing, the first thing you see is the chosen. You're the main character.
2: You are you are the slayer. Etc. You're the guy. Everybody it's wants the, to it's be the you. Guy.
3: Anything else? I have a question. Yes. How did Harold know a pharmacist? <laughs> Harold is a pharmacist
0: (laughs) Harold is a mystery that I will not explain even now
2: (laughs) Harold is this space intentionally left blank (laughs) (laughs) I figured I just need one joke
3: question in there for you I'm going to edit in three
0: minutes of the audio equivalent of SCP redacted bars (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, and let me help with that Oh, wow, okay, okay That oh, explains yeah. That explains mm-hmm. what
3: the Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah Yeah, okay, yeah, I get it now, <laughs> I get it now I'm not
0: actually going to do that But thank you for <laughs> playing along with the joke
2: <laughs> I've
1: got a so question So much makes so much sense
2: Yes, Chloe? I've got a question. This isn't even like actually plot related, but it's just something I wanted to ask. Mm-hmm. Was there anything that you wanted to do that you didn't get the chance to do?
3: Hmm. <sighs> I know there was a bunch of hunts that I had to put on the cutting room for, but uh, no,
0: we got through all yeah. the hunts that I wanted, although I changed a bunch of them. I mean, I honestly, I think the answer is no. Okay. I think we actually did more than I ever intended to. I uh, I had conversations with other people about this campaign, and there were times when I was like, okay, at the point we're at, I'm projecting, like, five more sessions.
2: And there was, like, 15 more. <laughs> It doesn't help that the, uh, like, the last three sessions was supposed to be one session that got split up into three. Yeah, the, uh,
0: the post-integration epilogues was meant to be a single episode, and then that became infeasible when we spent five hours on Steiner.
3: Yeah. There was a point during the recording where I was legit falling asleep.
2: I think I was laying in bed because I, was feel- I wasn't feeling—I was feeling well that day. So it was just like, haha, how is this even going to happen?
0: Haha, <laughs> <laughs> what a story, Mark. Um, let me see. Looking over the monsters. I mean, I guess like, it would have been neat to spend more time with some of the other California ravens. But also that would have required making things
2: significantly longer. Right. Yeah. Look, this isn't bleach. You couldn't you couldn't extend this for uh, like five fucking years just so you could explain the backstory of every single California raven. <laughs> by the way, by the way. I wanna call you out on this, by the way. Mm-hmm. True speech is literally just the almighty. From bleach, uh, <laughs> I don't think so. How is it too different? Bad. You don't think it'd be like the it Almighty is
0: passive.
2: Too. I'm pretty sure the Almighty is passive. No, no fucking uh, god! I can never say his name right. Yuak, Ivak, Yuha, Yuha Bak. Whatever. There Shall is a wait. point where he. Yes. There's a point where he breaks Ichigo's sword by saying that the sword is broken. Okay, there is that moment. Yes.
0: Look, I definitely <laughs> did read that. <laughs> I cannot say for certain if that directly contributed to the idea of true speech. I know I didn't consciously consider it. I just liked the idea of a magical language where you say things and the world warps around it to make it become true.
1: I'm pretty sure that idea is literally hundreds, literally thousands and thousands of years old.
2: Yeah, but it's funnier if I say that it's from Bleach, because I know Cat likes Bleach.
1: <laughs> oh no, it is absolutely fun to drag on Cat. That is fun.
2: I'm not disagreeing. can't
1: believe this let's list all of the things that could easily be identified as pop culture references that cat just put in the game
3: <laughs> we'll be here a zillion all night.
2: homestuck things in here
3: like i was just gonna say like if we just in- only do the homestuck
2: things we'll be here for like eight hours you no know, somebody else did all the homestuck things don't worry <laughs>
1: <laughs> that person scares me a little like i'm impressed but i'm also frightened yeah i'm not actually like no ragging on New you. Year. That's actually impressive. I yeah. don't. I don't have the patience or mental sanity to complete that.
2: Yeah. Shout out to them. they probably. Shout out to me. them. I'd name you, but you've redacted your name, and so I'm not going to. Yes, I was literally looking looking up what their name was. <laughs> you know who you are.
0: And they have stricken their name from their Twitter profile, so I'm not going to say it aloud.
2: Good move, IMO. Yeah, now,
1: now witches can't steal their firstborn or something. I don't know.
2: <laughs> now nobody can use your name to harm you. I always forget what the name of that like kind of magic is. True name. Right, right. But there's like a specific term for it. A biologist.
0: OK, anything else? Any what ifs? Any questions about my process? Onamancy, that's what it was called. The magic of jacking off. Shut <laughs>
2: No, honestly. I I think I think I'm good.
1: Are there I any like I have a question for uh Colin and Chloe, and I guess uh this question also would apply to me. Are there any like Drop threads on your but you like like I just like threw out a bunch of threads for my characters to see what picked up. Are there any of those that you did that dropped that you regret that you wish had stuck?
2: I feel like you're asking this for a very specific reason.
1: No, not really.
2: Okay.
3: I don't think I dropped any threads.
2: Uh I mean there's a big one that I could name. Uh like the whole thing with Harry is mostly just a thing that happened that was like, on my end.
1: I don't feel like that was a drop thread. I feel like that had uh, an impact on Roxanne's, well, Amelia's character that affected their personality and how they uh, approached the world. I feel like that had long-term uh, repercussions for the campaign.
2: Yeah. See, I always felt like that it wasn't really answered. It wasn't really, like, settled very well as a thing, so I don't know. Well, I it's just, like I, I was worried about it.
1: Amelia kind of ghosted a, a chick and felt really bad about it, and as a result, they kind of got more sensitive about certain things and behaved a little differently. I don't feel like that really was dropped. I feel like the resolution that from like from her perspective, no resolution. But from our perspective, that did that was like a major. Well, not a, maybe a not so much a major, but like not a minor either aspect of rock of uh, Amelia's character. Like that did become part of Amelia at, in the end.
2: Fair enough. I had somebody like mention it to me while they were listening through the podcast and so it was just kind of in the forefront of my mind and then he brought it up and I was like feeling a little called out here
1: well no I I I don't feel like again that I don't think you did it consciously but I feel like Amelia did change a little bit as a person uh, because of it
2: fair enough
3: what about you Ape? is there uh, any
1: stuff is there any stuff that Uh, you might have dropped by accident. Well, I mentioned, like, I envisioned Steiner as way more amoral, almost into the evil category, Uh, and that didn't really play out. But the only other thing is, I like, uh, I threw out Steiner being a member of some web forums and a speedrunner, and those didn't really do anything. They just were kind of like background notes of his character. But I just threw out stuff like that just to see, you know, if it lands, if something happens with that. Yeah. And so yeah, I, I mean, do.
0: I I took that specifically, Steiner speedrunning as a hobby, to just be like a little bit of flavor that I, I touched on once. We did it on the downtime once, but, you know, your life got a lot more dangerous, and some things had to be put to the side, so it didn't really seem like something that needed to have screen time- like in the context of the story we have heard,
1: No, telling. no, no, that's not what I mean Not like a character trait It's like Steiner being a person who kind of like breaks things to see how to do things more efficiently that could have that could have like worked itself into the campaign especially given the time travel nature of everything at the end Like, that could have been a whole thing if that had ever gone anywhere. But it didn't, and that's fine. Other things, other aspects, other threads that I threw out got picked up, and we ran with those instead. But, like, that's an entire what-if scenario. Okay, I getcha. So, like, that's what I'm asking. Is there anything that you feel like if maybe if this had gone a little differently that your characters would be vastly different in how they approach situations and all of that?
3: Oh, okay. In that case, um, I feel like if Grant was more correct in the assumption that uh, Tarira didn't care so much about the amount of magic that was stolen, like if she was just like, yeah, whatever, I'll get it back and it's not and it's not all that much anyway, so uh, I'd I'm not that mad. I'm just, I'm a little peeved, but I'm not going to, like, ruin your life over it. I think Grant would have been a much different pe- person.
1: Yes, that's what I mean. Like, that's a threat you threw out. It got picked up. But if it hadn't, things could have gone way differently.
2: Uh... Honestly, I feel like if... And... And don't take this th- as a, uh, like, a criticism. I think if Kat had hit me harder with the, uh, obsession part of the, uh, being the, the hex, things would have gone a lot differently.
0: Yeah, I, that is something I
2: kind of dropped the ball on.
3: Well, <laughs> I also dropped happens. the ball on, like, when you were the spooky, I completely forgot about your, uh your other stuff, too. It's like I. this is just an aspect of the character uh, sheet that's like if the GM doesn't remember that it exists, it just never comes up.
1: Yeah. So like Colin, you were the gumshoe for a while and the big aspect no, you picked from the or what were you? The detective the Flake, the Flake the Flake. Oh, yeah, that's right. But like, there's other aspects of the Flake. You went with the paranoia thing. Yeah. But if you had picked another aspect of the flake and ran with that, Grant's, like, final arc would have been way different. I like exploring things like that. Never forget Grant Pepe Silvia board.
0: <laughs> and uh, in terms of the thing with the Hex, yeah, that is, I will confess, just kind of a thing that I
2: forgot about most of the time. I- think it was you were also kind of spinning a lot of plates at the time so
0: yeah that's the reason why i forgot about it it's because <laughs> i was juggling a lot of other stuff and you know thinking about it now i'm not exactly sure you know with what i did if there was a way i could have emphasized it without changing things
2: yeah like I and mean, it's it's just one of those things like It could have happened, and who knows how it would have gone, but Mm -hmm. you know, this is just how things turned out. It's no big deal. I'm happy with how everything ended up. Same. Yeah. Also, uh, it would be really funny if I had failed more magic rolls, because I think bad luck charm only happened only like came up once. Yeah,
0: I um you know, it, it made for some pretty dramatic moments, but I might have made you guys a little bit too powerful towards the end.
2: Because,
0: like, you know, on the one hand, you all just, like, completely ran out of level-up things, and that was because you failed as much as you did, and the game went on as long as it did, which, to be clear, Monster of the Week is not... Purpose built for something this long?
3: No, no, God, no! I think it's barely purpose built for something as long as uh, as Baltim as the Baltimore campaign was.
1: We home ruled a lot of things, and honestly, I think it benefited from it. I had a lot of fun with this. Yeah, yeah. I feel like if we tried to play a game uh, as the game is meant to be played, we would probably not enjoy it. Oh, well, we God. might get a. No
0: in order to play it as it's meant to be played, a lot of things would have had to change. Like, this was something, this was a piece of discussion that I edited out uh, just for, like, you know, the the sake of the cadence of the episode. But uh, Steiner's champion, one of his moves gives him... God, what is it?
3: Like, you can ignore- Uh, Resilience.
0: His resilience move. It's, Additionally, Your wounds count as one harm less for the purpose of the Keeper's harm moves. Harm moves are a thing I basically didn't interact with until, like, halfway through the game. And even then, I played it a lot softer than the game, than the, the core rulebook says. Like, And again, I said this and it got edited out for Cadence. But if you ever take, like, more than one harm, rules as written, you're supposed to be, like, breaking bones or getting, like, eyes gouged out or fingers ripped off. Like, this is supposed to be a hyper-lethal game.
3: Yeah. The, The rules as written monsters are only supposed to have, like... 14 health max because it is supposed to be extremely hyper-lethal otherwise.
0: Yeah, it has to be like a short, quick encounter because otherwise you're fucking dead. If you can't end it in three rounds your team is going to get wiped is like how it's intended to run. The, The investigations leading up to the actual confrontation of the monster are actually supposed to be the bulk of it and... yeah you're supposed to do a lot more digging and a lot more research and a lot more formulation.
3: It is definitely supposed to be a more horror based game than urban fantasy based. And I, because I'm obsessed with urban fantasy, I turned it into an urban fantasy campaign, like really early into Baltimore and, uh, and then cat rant with that.
1: Yeah, this is all Colin's fault. (sighs) Everything
3: is Colin's fault. I said, hey, guys, would you like to start a podcast? And of course, that's where everything started going wrong.
1: Anything else, guys? Mm. I think that covers it. I think think Uh, we're good otherwise. Well, I mean, we could go probably all night with this, but I don't want to. Yeah, I think we're good for now.
0: Well, you say for now, but this is forever.
3: I think we're good forever not forever but we're as good as we're going to be for the I'm thinking purposes of everything I suppose
2: I'm thinking 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 I've got a question <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
2: yes ma'am since I figure I, w- I was kind of holding back because I was like mm, do I want to do that interview thing but uh, you know what let's just get these questions out of the way now Yeah. Big question. Is there a thing, like a, like a, I guess a crossroads or whatever, or a choice that you gave somebody in the campaign that you did not expect to go the way it did?
0: Um. I honestly expected Grant to say fuck you to Tarira when she demanded he kill some stranger for her. I was, like, absolutely prepared for Grant to say, no, fuck you, take your powers back, I'm done working for you. And for him to play the mundane with a whole bunch of extra knowledge about how magic works for basically the entire rest of the campaign. Like, I was ready for that. And then Colin had Grant bite the fucking bullet.
3: Yeah, if, um... If I had gone the fuck you, Tarira, I'm not working for you angle anymore, he honestly would have gone to Dweer and be be like, hey, guess what? I'm in need of a new patron.
0: No, we we discussed this, though. We discussed this in DMs, and that's... I I told you that that wouldn't work. That even though you were technically leaving their enemy for them, that that would still look like... Your patron asked you to do something, and you didn't care for it, so you completely reneged on your agreement, and are looking for power elsewhere. And that's not a good look, no matter how you slice it. i I told you outright that that wasn't going to work. That's
3: right, I-I forgot- I forgot about that, yes. So,
0: I wasn't- I was expecting Grant to depower, and just not be a caster for, like, the last, I don't know, third and a bit of the game, or however much that was. I expected him to not be a caster for a good long while, if ever again. Um, I don't know if I would call it, like, a crossroads moment exactly, but... And, you know, part of this is my fault because of the way I formatted the game. I made- I made the downtimes compress a lot of time, and if I had decompressed that, if I had given you more leeway with the time between hunts, you might have pursued it anyways. But if you if you all had, like, Come to me and said we would like you to give us more time between hunts because we don't feel like we had enough time and then you had put in the legwork to disarm the worm that whole last arc wouldn't have happened
2: hmm yeah that's fair
3: I figured you were compressing time on purpose to like sort of give it, like, an agency of hopelessness or, like, desperation or something like that. I, I didn't even consider, like, asking for more time because I figured that was a 100% like conscious choice to not give us that time, that, that extra time. You give me more credit than I deserve, Colin.
0: I did it that way because that's how you did it in Baltimore and I was basically formatting these two campaigns the same way until the end. Okay.
2: Well. It does make us look really stupid in retrospect. That's ah, fine. Hey,
0: hey, at least one third of you didn't even er, like consciously had the thought that it wasn't an option, so I absolve Colin from that. And I guess in terms of like a crossroad choice that hit all of you you all could have just said no to Amalia's plan when Amalia showed up in the palace and said can we resolve this diplomatically you could have said no and you could have told Greta no you could have just said we're going to do this our way we're going to kill Adel Wright and disarm the worm and just be done with it
3: I mean on the one hand yet yeah, that is an option on the other hand it's way more, like, thematically satisfying, I would guess, to be like, hey, here's another option, and it's completely different from the way you did things the first time, and it, I I think this story is much better for us being like, you know what, maybe we can resolve things peacefully, because it also, like, that's not a thing you see in a lot of, like, campaign Media. Like, media in general, but, like, also a lot of, like, D&D campaigns where, like, it's, like, no, the 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 final boss absolutely has to be fought. The final boss absolutely, like, is not going to be nego- negotiated with. And, like, to be, like, hey, it's okay to have a peaceful resolution is really good, actually.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. I like it better this way. I'm just saying. It definitely could have gone other ways.
2: I, I personally, I totally, like, when that happened, I was ready for Ape and or Colin to basically be like, no, I hate this asshole. We need to kill him. Like, in character.
1: Well, killing him didn't work the first time.
2: (laughs) We need to kill him better.
1: We need to kill him
2: Faster. yeah in character i was all for it and also like out of character you know character motives are always foremost in my mind but the second biggest thing that i the only second like biggest thing i always consider when i make any choice is just like what is the more interesting choice to make here and i Hmm. think that always like just makes things better just to be like What can I do here that would be most, that would be more interesting?
3: Oh yeah. Like when I was like, even as far as like back as creating Grant, the reason that like I made him like a wizard that actually wasn't very good at being a wizard because he didn't have enough magic to like do stuff. Like I was creating problems for Grant. As early as like initial concepts of I just wanna play a wizard. And because like having a character that's good at everything and like has no problems is boring.
1: I mean Steiner's reasoning was killing him didn't work very well the first time. We'll give this a shot and we can still kill him as a last resort.
2: We can try peace, and if that doesn't work.
1: We'll try incredible violence again.
2: (laughs) (laughs) How I solved fascism with the power of incredible violence.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Trying to think if there were any other big crossroad moments that I set up. I don't think there was for Steiner. I don't think I hit Steiner with a lot of like
1: choices. There was one big choice. Well, it wasn't that big, too much. The Ram? Uh, the Ram I do regret, not trying to save him in re- retrospect, but... Narratively, I think it makes it better that... Having not saved the Ram... Steiner chooses to save Adel. Like, that's a regret yeah. of Steiner, so... In a way, you gotta do over. Uh, Here's a question... What would have happened if Steiner hadn't fallen on his sword?
0: Somebody else would have had to. I set it up so that Steiner would be the easiest choice by way of giving him a vision, which, um, other two players, now I can tell you in case you haven't bothered to, like, go back and listen to the episode, uh, now that it's published, but when I had you two. And by the way, folks at home, I had Colin and Chloe deafen for Steiner's final vision. So they didn't know that it was coming at all. But um, that last vision was the three of you, like, standing in a little triangle formation. And there was a sword floating in the middle. And all three of you were holding the handle. And it was... Steiner's initial interpretation was there would be a sword that would have to be picked up and maybe wielded by the three of you, but it was a metaphor, and it's somebody had to fall on it. And I set it up so that Steiner was the most obvious choice because it was the most poetic. But like, I made it clear to Amelia that her teleportation only two were going through, and I made it clear to Grant that the teleportation was going wrong, and it was going to fail at least partially. So all three of you knew, and all three of you could have elected to fall on the sword. And it would have played out roughly the same way, except somebody else would have been the... what's the character class? The Constructed? constructed. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody else would have
2: changed classes for the final arc. I think I would have like, if I had like thought through it all sooner, I definitely probably would have said something faster. But, uh, I think it's better that I didn't. Just because, like, I think it wouldn't have been as interesting for Amelia to be the Constructed after having been the Monstrous. That's all. Yeah,
0: Yeah, it probably would have been the least impactful for you. Just being full-time a slightly different kind of angel because you already okay. did that for a sizable portion of the game mm-hmm.
1: so here's what would have been funny if Grant had fallen on the sword and then Notcher was just like hmm okay and just did nothing and Grant just had to play like we have to make an undead class like a ghost character ghost class for <laughs> Grant to play there as are,
3: I think there are a couple like Homebrew classes that are like that. Hold on one second.
0: Uh there's uh, there's stuff in the monstrous playbook where you can basically set up a ghost or a zombie. Oh yeah, like, there yeah, are yeah, different yeah, yeah. Powers yeah. you can give it
3: that lets you do. I that. mean, I mean, I figured out how to make the fucking Mothman with the monstrous. You can make, you can make stuff. It's fine. Yeah, it is a pretty
2: flexible class.
1: Thematically, it wouldn't be uh, like appropriate or work, but. The idea of Notch or just being like, "Well, I'm not wasting energy on this dude."
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see here. I'm. I'm. There's a bunch of homebrew classes. I'm gonna look through them real quick just to see so. if there's
2: <laughs> no one there.
3: Deathless.
0: Chloe, you said you had other questions you wanted to ask.
2: Oh, I can't think of them right now, actually. <laughs> rip. Uh. Rip. rip. I I do want to say, though, that if that had happened and, like, it became apparent that Notcher could have, like, done something for Grant and then not, that would have actually been unforgivable for Amelia. Like, to be clear, I realize that that's just, like, a hypothetical, that would be funny thing. I think that would be the thing that, like, actually Amelia could not forgive Notcher for.
0: That's pretty fair. It definitely wouldn't have gone that way, though. I definitely yeah, I would didn't have think just so done that. it with Grant exactly how I did it
2: with Steiner. I figured, but I just wanted to bring that up. Hey, who's your favorite character?
0: Mm, I'm assuming that's pointed at everybody. Sure. My favorite character is a tie between you three.
1: Aww. Bullshit
0: answer. <laughs> I know. Get off the fucking
2: stage.
0: (laughs) It's not the real answer. To be real, it's probably Emery. I believe it. Yeah. Like, Ashley is the closest thing to I have to, like, an OC DMPC up in here. But I just really like what I did with Emery in this campaign.
3: I really like the Mabie
0: up for a session and change.
3: She <laughs> showed up for a session and change, but she was so but they were so cute. Oh. But if we want like long term like characters uh, that were more than a session and change probably Ashley.
2: you for loop. Tell you my favorite character was Otis. <laughs> no, um Honest to God I think my favorite character was probably Margaret Valid Ape Pops. I
1: want to pick a favorite character But I'll tell you who I Really enjoyed whenever he showed up Dave
2: Dave. I knew you were going to say that
1: <laughs> I just like when Dave would just I just He did not give a shit about any of us He, he didn't He did not give a single fuck. She's like, here's those annoying assholes again. I gotta deal with them, I guess.
2: Uh, second place, by the way, it would be now Kovia.
1: Second place... Um... i gotta say Adel. I really enjoyed her, where their character just kinda went. From being one of the most character I think I hated the most, just by, like, in and out of well, I in character hated the most to in character being really good friends with was interesting.
0: I do like that turnaround. That's another reason that I'm really glad that you guys didn't ask for more time to get the worm figured out, is because it allowed me the space to like send you back to when Adel wasn't just like a completely broken person who was single-mindedly trying to accomplish something terrible. and was actually like a good guy who wanted good things for nice people.
2: Basically just somebody who sacrificed a lot to do something good and then had the universe spit in his face just like random chance caused uh, right at the finish line something terrible to happen. Yeah. yeah.
1: But we fixed it or you fixed it we fixed it as best as we can and that doesn't like undo everything that happened but it's a starting point
0: nothing ever gets better until you start fixing it
2: i fixed things for all those ghosts you did congratulations I achieved the goal
1: of the whole. (laughs) (laughs) I think we need to stop now. Alright, yeah, we're done here. (laughs) (laughs)
3: I don't think
0: I have any more questions. I feel like we've run out of steam. And I feel like we are pretty
1: conclusively done here. For the last time, uh, before we all say goodnight, I would like to leave everyone with these final words of wisdom oh boy here we go ants
2: ants 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 ant man ant
0: man oh good night one final time good night thank you for listening folks at home I hope you have enjoyed the SoCal sessions. It was a labor of love from the four of us. And it was rough in some places and it was absolutely un- inexcusably ridiculous in others, but I don't I don't know if I would change anything about it front to back. So I hope
1: you enjoyed this.
0: Have a good night.
1: I sure as hell did. Good night. Get some goddamn sleep.
2: (laughs) Good night, everybody.